This week on Out Now with Internet, we are talking the father. Hello, father. Hello, mother. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. Why so down? That That's to, uh, <laughs> that, that's for the ship in the Suez Canal. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like a fog. Hello. <laughs> Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via most support for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 445. 445. That sounds like a uh, that sounds like a, a model of a gun that we have to go back in time to get. Right. We've got to go get the four four five mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this week uh, we're not talking about <laughs> past guns. <laughs> we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the father, uh, the multi Oscar nominated film uh, starring Anthony Hopkins. And uh, in addition to that, speaking of the Oscars, we're going to talk we're going to talk about these recent Oscar nominations as well. And uh, we have just the person to do that joining us today from Awards Daily. His kids are already considering which nursing home they should put him in. It's Mark Johnson. <laughs> Pretty much, man. I'm feeling it today. So, yeah. Hi. Hi, guys. Glad to be here. Glad glad to have you back on the show, Mark. Mark. Hello. Always, always fun to have you here. Thanks. Yeah. Always good to get your uh, your Oscar knowledge in. Uh, 1945. Uh, the Lost Weekend. No hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> that was not. Planned. I'm totally out of practice. Too, <laughs> Pretty, good. Wow. Wait, you... Pretty good. Pretty good. 1956. Um, the oh, around the world in 80 days. That's right. <laughs> wow. I had to. I had to think, man. I'm. I'm still like. Uh, like the kid's birthday party was Way last night. Better than night. me. Like, I had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> That's, that's what they call that's what they call a Mark likes movies and a sharp as attack Johnson. That's that's what we say. <laughs> <laughs> but no, good good to have you back as always. And yeah, I look forward to getting into some Oscar talk later on. Uh, but for now, let's get to some show notes real quick. Uh, first up, uh, Abe, we uh, yeah. we just talked about our our ten years of doing the show. Oof. Ten years already? Yeah, I know. Oof. I'm surprised too, Mark. Mark, you've been a part of this. You've been on. You were on <laughs> our, our show back in like yeah. 2011 on, on a couple yeah. of them. Back uh, in the early days. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, awesome. Yeah. That, that's how old your kids are. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weird. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Even older. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we uh, Abe and I we recorded a special episode. We're uh, taking a you know a fun look back at uh at the the process and where we come from and where we are now. And uh, that's uh, that's up now on iTunes. Uh, you can find that episode uh, and everywhere you can find our show, uh, along with yeah. a very large blooper reel that I put together. Um, which is, <laughs> I is had fun minutes? doing it. It's like yeah, it's like eight eight nine minutes, cause it's, yeah. and it's all recent stuff too. I didn't I didn't recycle any. So sometimes I recycle some oh. of them, but it's uh, it's a lot of new stuff. But it's it's fun stuff. But yeah, that is on iTunes, uh, where you can also find our show and all the other episodes we do. And doing that, you can also give us a rating and review if you want to go on to iTunes, search for our show out now there and Abe. Uh, give us a give us a rating and maybe you can write a review. That'd be great. Thank you in advance. What else? Uh, speaking of shows that are on iTunes, our latest commentary track for Ridley Scott's Hannibal, part of our mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter series that we've been doing for commentary tracks. We talked about Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs, uh, which is of course 1991, um, and we talked about um, <laughs> take that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> right. we which we also we also talked about Hannibal, uh, which is a lot of fun. 
we will be talking about Red Dragon uh, coming in April, which is soon enough. So if you've been following along with us, be prepared to talk about what many consider the absolute pinnacle of the Hannibal Lecter series of films. <laughs> hey, I'm a big fan of Red Dragon. You guys Ooh. don't like that one? Uh, it has a good cast. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably put it number two of the five. That, is Wait, it five? No, I think five. There is are, it five? There are... Because uh, Hannibal Rising, right? Hannibal Rising is the last one, yes. There are five yeah. plus the you know show, but we're not going to do the show. Oh, show, right. Shows. Oh, Sorry, the shows. Yeah, multiple shows. Shows. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and Hannibal. Hannibal. Uh, I like the TV series Hannibal. I, I tried to get into Clarice. I had a hard time with it. Yeah, I, I gave up after ten minutes. Um, but um, yeah, the Hannibal, <laughs> Hannibal show is great. Um, yeah. I mean, Red Dragon. We'll talk. We'll have plenty to yeah. say about it. But yeah. Manhunter Man is um, spectacular, yeah. Yeah. and that's that's a good point. And especially when you when you watch a Michael Mann movie, and then you that has all this style, and then you watch Brett Ratner trying to ape Jonathan Demme, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got the people in there. Like, it's a good cast. <laughs> uh, I don't dislike it, but I'll have more to say in April yeah. when we talk about that yeah. film. Good tease. Uh, yeah um and uh yeah i think that's it for show notes so let's um let's move on now let's get to uh let's get to some out now quickies tim each week out now we wait to talk about the other segment of the week there's gonna be no quickies trademark <laughs> got it in good. there got it We're in back there. has that been a 10-year segment have we always been doing we have been, <laughs> no right? we haven't been doing have we been doing quickies for i'm pretty uh, sure i mean we've always talked about movies yeah, Mark, Mark said, uh, huh. it's been a long time i don't know i i don't know that i don't know if it's 10 years but it's it's been a while it's i guess doing it a while. I, I, it was I, one of the original segments i wouldn't Wait, we have I, the emails i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't necessarily say it's one that we always called out in our quickies yeah but I, I was I, drinking water. I couldn't say tea. <laughs> you heard my notable uh, pause. <laughs> yes, I, I heard the pregnant pause. <laughs> but I, I, I can't imagine just not being like, hey, we also saw this this week. That feels like a very easy staple of this show. <laughs> but, That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, let's get to you, Mark. What other movies have you seen recently? Um, man, not a whole lot other than just kind of going back and rewatching a lot of the Oscar nominees just to. You know, a lot of these I haven't seen in a few months, and so a couple of, just you, have kind any, of you have any fresh opinions on? Um, not too. I haven't really changed my opinion on anything that I've watched recently. I just saw Sound of Metal for a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, like that a lot. I'm I'm one of the few people. If you if you are on the Twitter Twitter sphere, I'm one of the few people that still defends Trial of Chicago Seven as a good film. I I loved it. Um, I did see the the film you guys talked about, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and uh honestly i haven't liked any really of the dc movies but i found that one fascinating i i don't know i i think it's kind of like a mixed bag on that uh but i i kind of enjoyed it um other than that i watched boss level um i think that's on what hulu it's on maybe? hulu yes that's the new joe carnahan yeah. film that i unfortunately just don't really want to see cause yeah because I, I hate mel gibson so I'll, <laughs> yeah i'll be honest it, i the first two acts i i liked a lot and the third act was kind of meh but mm-hmm. overall wasn't bad it was worth it was it was a good you know don't have to think much about it while you watch it kind of movie it's a weird because I I'm a big Joe Carnahan fan, and so it's very annoying yeah. to me that I that I have pr- my principles apparently is what's yeah. bringing me back here. He's he's Gibson's not in it too much. That's what I've heard, and so like and, it's 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 I don't have Hulu, yeah. so if like I if I don't have to go out of my way, there might be a, a a a place where I eventually watch it, but right now I'm not going to like 
find yeah. a way to get this movie into my eyes. So. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, and I won't spoil anything, but if you don't like Gibson, I yeah, give it the premise. Scene. Give it the premise. I, I get what they're doing. It's a good scene for you. Yeah, and Frank Grillo's cool. Like he's a cliche. Like, oh, he's awesome. So. Yeah, he he's really the reason I was like, all right, what the hell, I'll try it. And he's like mm-hmm. twice our age and more built. Than <laughs> yeah. Does he take his shirt off, Mark? Probably. Uh, you know, I I don't remember but he's you know he's muscly and, I, I, I don't so, think you yeah. need him to take a shirt off to realize that he's jacked <laughs> yeah, he's wearing like a tank top and you're just like okay right. he still works out he's like 60 years old yeah pretty much well Abe, how about you what if you, i know you have some thoughts on um zsjl <laughs> yes we're gonna use the acronym now or uh, first, yeah first things first is i watched the kid detective and oh. uh this is the movie with Adam Brody where he's a kid detective that grows up and becomes like a, a, a kind of hangover detective, so to speak. Um, it's good. It's not great. Like I definitely see where the script has a lot of really funny things. I, I, and it's written and directed by the same guy. I just don't think that the direction really hit on some of these things that, that it could have done. Like some of the weird sarcasm and some of like the weird, like offbeat answers. Like I, it, it but I see where it was trying to go and I give it credit for that. It just didn't hit all the way. Um, but you know, it, it was a rental for like six bucks. So not terrible. Um, and then Zack Snyder's justice league. I, I loved your, uh, your four hour take on it last week. <laughs> it was as long as the movie Aaron and I talked about it offline and I was like, dude, we got to name it the definitive Zack Snyder's justice league review. Because uh, I don't think anyone has gone beyond an hour talking about it. Uh, and you guys spent at least three and a half hours talking about the movie. And then another like 30, 40 minutes playing games. Some, so, some would say that podcast <laughs> wasn't long enough. Some might, yeah. <laughs> um, but Death Center's Justice League, Mark Johnson, I found the movie incredible. Like, oh, good. I, really? All I, right. was, I was like, this is an incredible movie that needs an editor. And yeah. so I, yeah. there were, yes, I was really into the movie just because I was like, oh, okay, cool. We do have much more character development for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is a little bit too fleshed out, meaning like everybody has like their own little movie in the movie. With a new um, for sure. Yeah. And, but what's amazing about it is that I was like, oh, Cyborg's powers. I see now why he's cool. Yeah. Uh, so that you guys talked about it too. Part. Yeah, you guys talk about it too, which like Ray Fisher's character development is non-existent in the in the um what was the term that we're using for the other movie? Justice League. Yeah, the Justice League version ah. of it. And so I, I found it incredible that oh he's actually there's a larger part for him to play. I liked the way that um uh we also explore a little bit more of I guess just the uh the seriousness of Aquaman about his ambivalence toward helping man and then also the fishes. Um, but it, it is a movie where... <laughs> the the <you> guys, ocean. <laughs> yeah, the ocean. <laughs> the but you guys nailed it on the head of if the studio came in and said, you need we need a two-hour cut of all this footage. You guys are definitely not wrong in that, you know, Joss Whedon, what was he supposed to do if the directive was two and a half hours and or two hours and you can't do anything more? Like, it is difficult because... I think you guys summed it up nicely when you guys said you don't need a shot of Lois Lane latte art. And I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but but it, it leads to like a nice Zack Snyder scene, which is 
slow motion with music video mode, right? And almost everybody <laughs> gets their everybody gets their their version of that. Um, but in any case, I found it uh, incredible, but also incredibly long. And would I watch it again in full? I don't know, but it definitely needed an editor. And so I don't think it was perfect by any means. Um, it certainly is like a fan movie that came to life. And this is what you got when there's no restrictions. But also, it's a catch-22 because it's double-sided coin kind of thing. When you have a director that has so much freedom, so much power to do this, this is what you would get. And we we sort of talked about this like with Michael Bay um, in Mark Six Underground. Mark favorite director. Oh my is that God, true? Don't do it. No. <laughs> he is the devil. <laughs> but we sort of talked about it with Six Underground where it was like, Ugh. this is Michael Bay in full Michael Bay mode. With no real person saying like, "Hey, don't do this," or "Let's cut that." And it's like that's kind of what we. Do. I will. I will say there's a bit. There's a difference there between Six Underground and 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 Zach's CSJL. Um, yeah. That Six Underground is what he. That's what he wanted to release. Like if it was if it was a theatrical film, he would have released it the exact same way. Where this is. We talked about it on the, in the podcast. There's you know there's a giant asterisk where there's no world where. If Zack yes. Snyder got his way, it would have been this movie. It would have been like a two-hour, forty-five, three-hour movie. Like, right. But but, be, but because he's afforded, be, but before he's, a, but before he, because he's afforded the chance to just make a version that's only going to be on HBO Max. Yeah, he's just not going to, you know, go anywhere with that beyond like, yeah, I'll just put out the whole, the whole version of what I would do in this ideal world where I can do it anything I want right. to. So it's, yeah, and and that adds to the flavor of the movie. So yeah, I found the movie more overall more comprehensive and and understandable. And I did watch the Justice League like immediately right afterward. No, no, I was thank like, you. yes, <laughs> it, it, it was not my favorite back to back, you know, six hours of my life. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, he definitely brightened it too much. You can definitely see like the oversaturation in some of these shots in, in terms of color, color correction. Um, but it, it does feel different. It feels and, and I, I can see why he had to do the reshoots for specific parts. But, you know, like the Zack Snyder version of it is it's a fun romp. But again, I would I would caveat by saying that it's it's exactly what you guys said. Um, it does need certain things. And it's really like a one once in a lifetime thing. I don't think this is actually going to be happening um, for any movie like at any future point in time unless there's a there's a strong there's a, there's a strong interview with, I believe, Vanity Fair, if I'm not mistaken, with um the one of the uh, the heads at Warner Brothers mm-hmm. and they and they ask her some questions about um you know the future as far as other director cuts go and they said no this is the experience for her. then they asked specifically about uh, suicide squad and it's just a blunt answer it says no we have no plans to currently make the air cut yeah. suicide squad which I, <laughs> like like i know Please it's don't. I mean, people have been requesting it, and David Ayer has been trying to have that happen as well. But there's, and I know it's an edited interview, but just the way it's presented, it's like a very blunt answer. No, that's not happening. It's just very funny to me. Yeah, I, I mean, last thing I'll say is that, um, you know, Warner Bros. definitely deserves some of the blame on this for sure, right? It's like, hey, if Zack Snyder went through this tragedy, and he had like 18 hours of footage or what have you, I don't know. Like, you could just pause and you can just say like we're going to release it next year or something but um it's difficult given that you know i guess you're trying to keep up with the marvel franchise and you're also trying to keep up with the interest level of your audience so but uh yeah i i just zack snyder's justice league is is is, uh 
again, incredible in, in the the entire definition of the word, like whether that is good and bad. I like the way you put that there. That, and yeah, you certainly sign a line up with at least Scott and I's takes because Todd's the most neg. Todd was the most negative, and Luke was the most positive. He's he's very positive on it. So, I, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I, I I was I wanted to know where you were coming from, and now I now I have that answer. I will throw <laughs> I will throw in a dad's movie movie corner. Um, mm-hmm. He watched it in two in two parts, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. I I watched the climax with him again because there's there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, he was a fan. He liked it more than he expected to. There you uh, go. Noting that he has not seen uh, Man of Steel or Batman v Superman and followed it just fine. Like he had no mm-hmm. issue following along with what's going on in that movie. Um, right. So, which I found to be, you know, especially because there's all that weird stuff that happens towards the end. It's like, no, oh, yeah, I get it. It's in the future, or whatever. Like, okay. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of weird epilogue. Further proving that about. these movies aren't that hard to take and they're not that serious. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's, it's not life or death when it comes to Justice League. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, oh, I, I haven't gone yet. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Aaron, what did you see recently? <laughs> I watched uh, Quovados Ada. Oh. This is Ooh. one of the foreign film nominees. Yeah. Uh, Mark, have you seen this one? I haven't. Okay. But I was I was thinking about putting it in soon here. We're not putting it in because it's not a disc anymore. We stream these things nowadays. Uh, Sorry, I'm old. <laughs> no. Aaron, Aaron also loves physical media of course yeah, but yeah, I, these I are can't all, help these are all screeners so <laughs> but uh um, yeah, okay yeah. Oh. but uh this is the film this is about um uh, bosnia it's, Bo- it's set in, set in uh, bosnia the bosnia mm. war it's in 90, 1995 it involves a woman who plays a translator and she is on the border um where, uh, where bosnians are trying to get away from serbia's um and they're and the the dutch are controlling the border here and her role is to just basically translate to make sure all the people kind of stay in line and everything but she's having to hold back you know hundreds of thousands of people from crossing over this border this includes her family and the film revolves around her essentially doing her job while trying to find a way to negotiate her family going over to cross lines into safety and so it it it's very harrowing as far as watching you know how this works seeing that you know the damage being done um trained this kind of like race against time uh display as, as this woman who's very good in this film i like i you know we'll, we'll talk about like the best actress lineup later but i i think um she would easily uh she, i if i don't know if she was ever in the conversation but it's a very strong performance um as far as kind of a central role goes i'm trying to find the, the actress's name uh jasna Drikic. um but uh, no, I, I it's it's not the most uplifting movie, but it's certainly a, a a good one. Like I see, you know, why it has the acclaim it has, and how it's wound up as you know one of the international feature nominations. Um, so if you know, I it'll come out eventually, I think, like on um, theatrically and I think VOD. So I, I certainly recommend it if you have the chance to. Um, it it fits like um, the the, uh, the film I was thinking of most actually, Hotel Rwanda of all things, as far as kind of having a central character oh, that wow. kind of is negotiating between multiple things at once while trying to keep themselves and their family safe. I think it it hits that kind of a line. Um, oh. So it's a uh, again not the most uplifting of stories, but it's still uh, it's a strong <laughs> it's a strong film, strong strong entry. Uh, so yeah. Should have ended on Justice League with all that happiness. All this. Now go back and review the three hour cut of our of our review. <laughs> But uh, yeah, all right. So um, let's move on. Speaking speaking of super uplifting films, let's uh, let's move on to our main review for 
the father. What's the matter, Dad? Strange things going on around us. Don't worry. Everything will sort itself out. Saw it in his eyes, didn't know who I was. It was like I was a stranger to him. Just did something to me. I don't know what she's cooking up against me, but she's cooking something up. What are you talking about, Dad? I'm not leaving my flat! I am not leaving my flat! This really is my flat. Isn't it? You see, the situation is very simple. My daughter is of the opinion that I cannot manage on my own. I'm so sorry about this. Why? She understands perfectly. It's important. I explained it all to you. Why do you keep looking as if there's something wrong? Everything is fine. I think she tries to do the best she can for you, Anthony. Everything will be all right. I promise you. There's something funny going on. That should have been some of the trailer for The Father. It's been a big year for movies adapted from theatrical productions. We've discussed Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and One Night in Miami on this podcast, and now we're talking this film directed by Florian Zeller, which has been adapted from his own 2012 play. The film stars Anthony Hopkins as Anthony, a man suffering dementia and constantly forgetting where things around his house, his London flat, are, let alone who he's addressing in a given moment. Told from the perspective of Anthony, we follow this man as he continually becomes gripped by his confounding condition. Mark Johnson, where have you been with uh, some of the? We we've ta- we've ta- I mentioned some of the other movies we talked about. These these kind of plays adapted to to film. Are you are you a fan of that kind of thing in general? And what what do you think of the father? Sure. Um. Yeah. And I think they each kind of stand on there as far as uh, some are better than others and whatnot. But to me, father, the father was the top of the list of of films based on plays this year. I I'm a I'm a big fan. And it's been a few months since I've seen it. Now uh, it's one that I do want to revisit again before the oscars but uh really big fan i i would say it's among my favorite screenplays of the year for sure um editing was superb um and of course anthony hopkins uh one of his it's hard for me to say it's his best because i'm uh i mean obviously we talked a little bit about hannibal uh and whatnot so i'm I'm a huge fan of silence of the lambs uh but this is right up there with it and um, you know, he's he's won his share of critics prizes this this season, but it's a, you know, it's a tight race with uh, Riz Ahmed and Jadwick Bozeman a little bit ahead of him for the Oscar. How about you? you? Where are you coming from with The Father? So I, I've usually been coming in cold with all of these movies that we're going to be talking about. And maybe I'll, I'll probably come in cold there as we keep going, because uh, it was fun to just rent The Father. Uh, and then play it and figure out what was going on. What I liked about The Father is that I was like, okay, well, Anthony Hopkins is nominated for this Academy Award for, for Best Actor. Let's see what all the, the fuss is all about. As you start going into it more, uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> By the end of the movie, I was like, I see now why he's nominated for this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is very good. Like it, it's, a, it's a good movie in that it is um, simple, and you can definitely tell that it's mm-hmm. a stage play that was adapted. Um, and... What I like about it a lot is that going in super cold to this movie, I wasn't sure what was happening. I wasn't sure uh, whose side I, I might have been on, so to speak. And then I also wasn't sure about um, like a supernatural element to it. But a viewer or a listener, there's no supernatural element to it. <laughs> um, so 
but the movie is strong in this is an actor's movie, right? There's really good performances from everybody in what they're doing and how they're portraying it. But what I really love is that, yeah, Hopkins does give you a little bit of some tastes of range. Um, some of them better than others, but uh, I'm talking more specifically like when he's talking to like Imogen Poots and and how he characterizes himself or what he has to do in that scene. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I see it. But um, I, I also had a question of like, well, when is when has Anthony Hopkins never been good? <laughs> right. But uh, that's for a later chat. Um, overall, the movie is a good movie in that it is well-made, well-directed. I like the score. I also like the cinematography. Um, and I liked how the story plays with you uh, and how you can... Um, it's it sort of... I likened it to... Um, uh, what's the movie that we just talked about? Uh, I'm thinking of ending things and also a little bit of... Um, uh, I can't. I can't think of the other one. I'll think of it later when Aaron's talking. I'll just shut it out. Like Dick Johnson is dead. Like other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a dramatic retelling of Dick Johnson is dead. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Got yeah. It. Okay. So it's a. Uh, this is why we're doing the podcast together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on the overall, it is a. It's a strong movie for sure. And I. I don't know how I feel about the ending just yet. Not that it wasn't. Good or complete, but just more of. Um, I wish maybe there was some closure with Olivia Colman. So. Yeah, I uh, I'm a big fan of this film. I it and more than I expected to be. I didn't necessarily think this was going to be like stuffy Oscar movie just because of the way it's been talked about since it premiered at Sundance. But at the same time, you know, you're watching a movie about Anthony Hopkins playing a man with dementia. You kind of have an idea of where that's going to go. But this movie's very ingenious in its craft. I mean, you pointed out the editing mark, and I mean, between that and the production design. There's some really clever work here to not only, you know, put this man on display, but give you a very good look at what his world is like, um, which I think is something very unique to just unique, not very unique, something unique to the, you know, the concept of watching somebody with dementia, Um, the the way it familiarizes you um, with, you know, his environment and then warps that on a dime really you know takes you on a trip here where it's i don't necessarily say frightening but it's certainly you know it's alarming to watch this man try to make sense of things and realize that he can't do it and you have to still be able to kind of figure your way around all the things that are going on in his life yeah but you have so little to work with because you're being told this movie from his perspective and with that anthony hopkins is terrific in this film uh, yes, he has, you know, an iconic performance and a number of other really great performances. But, you know, at what, 80 plus years old? What is he, 83, 84, um, 83? Um, you know, none of the talent has gone away. Like, he is absolutely fantastic in this movie. Um, and he's just, he's <laughs> surrounded by, like, a great cast as well. Olivia Coleman is very good in this film along with uh, Imogen Poots and Mark Gaddis and Rufus Sewell and Olivia Williams. Like, it's a really strong set of actors that make this story work. And even, like, there's just there's just cleverness in, like, you know, you have a, Anthony Hopkins playing a man named Anthony, which I have to imagine, like, you know, him being at the age he is, there, there, has, there has to be something he's tapping into as far as things that he's known about or seen from others or what have you that just makes it all the more, like, personal its own way. 
and like having two olivias playing characters that are very similar to like it like it's a mm-hmm. bit it's a bit ingenious as far as like how they're how they're like putting this thing together right um but yeah no i it's one where yeah i haven't seen it in a little bit either but it's stuck with me i think because of how effective it is and it's very impressive from florian zeller which is his debut film um he really knew what to do as far as ma- like making this thing work in the way that it does. I can't, I, I, I'm very curious how like the stage version of this would work, but as a cinematic presentation, yeah. I think it's really, uh, really astounding as far as how it is able to get across uh, what it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. You get a couple bonus points too, for being 97 minutes long, right? Like yeah, anytime it's... you can, <laughs> anytime <laughs> you can squeeze a great film into under a hundred minutes, I'm, you, you get a bonus star from me, which is right. pretty like it's so like fitting for this. But like it, I wouldn't say it moves at a clip, but it's certainly you know it's yeah. properly paced and yeah, it doesn't overextend oh, yeah. itself. Like it, it knows yeah. what it needs to do, how to get in and get out. But it's also very full. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah, it, for it, sure. It completely, like it feels so complete. I felt the weight of everything by the time the movie was done. Um, yeah. But something I wanted to talk about was Aaron. I also thought about the the stage aspect of this and how they would have done some of the, what is really neat in the movie of, of, um, of a visual manipulation. And so I was like, I don't know how they would have been on stage, but it would have been very cool. Like the way that they first introduced Olivia Williams into the movie, I was like, Oh, that, that was clever. Cause they kind yeah. of have the same haircut and they, uh, basically, you know, the clothing is the clothing, but it's like, Oh yeah, I guess that you could mistake it. And then I also thought, is she actually the daughter? Yeah. Um, so I was confused. So uh, they did a great job of, again, putting you in the shoes of and the movie. The movie doesn't answer that confused. question for a good long time, necessarily. It does either. not. Like, yeah. it, even then, you can still, <laughs> depending on your perspective on things, could still be a little out of sorts as far as what's going right. on. Yeah. Um, the other thing, also, also, I was wondering if there was like a time aspect to this, but... Again, just the way that it's choreographed and I'm more specifically thinking about like the dinner scene toward the end with the chicken. Um, I, I love that it was if it, it was a it was like a, a re- revolution, so to speak. Right. So it's it's gone around once and then it goes around twice. And you're just like, I don't know what's what, which is, again, a great impact of of uh, I, I, I guess how other people have described um, their dementia or, or maybe studies have described how they feel about certain things. Um, but I also, the other thing I, I really liked about the script is that it really just revolves around like one day and it's pretty incredible that just the chicken is always there. They're always trying to have the chicken and then he's always trying to meet the new caretaker. So it's just like this repetition of, of, uh, one and a half days or something like that. So it's it's pretty sad uh, when you think about it that way. The um, uh, uh-huh. I was just going to mention again. I already brought up the production design, but I do think that you know, in what you're saying, Abe, as far as like how you get a sense of things and how much time has passed and whatnot, that's what's so clever about like how they've designed this. Or you're you're in presumably his flat for a good portion of the time, mm-hmm. but you have other places you kind of are and the way the film kind of like maps that by you know moving the camera around and giving you things that are not too dissimilar from each other again i just think it's really clever filmmaking 
Right, uh, yeah. And the visual deception that, that I was sort of referring to is, is exactly what you're saying there. I mean, I liked when they were going to go visit the doctor's office, but the door is shaped the same way as his flat door. And so when you open it, it looks exactly the way that you have seen his flat door open. Um, there's also a more substantial one where he is walking down a hallway, but there's um, there's so many other things. Like, I, I really liked the elevator sequence mm-hmm. um, where it was like, okay, cool. Why do you, did you forget the key again? And it's like, I was like, uh, yeah, no, I don't know what's going on either. But um, it was it was very clever how they did that. So again, that's where my brain was trying to parallel a, a movie production versus a stage production and how they would have done some of these things. Or is it like a reveal where they, uh, uh, like a, a moving stage so that you can reveal it? You know what I mean? So I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's, and again, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I think that's the best word for it and how I much I appreciate it was how clever it was. Mm-hmm. And some of the things you guys are mentioning I, I, I had forgotten about, and that's why I can't wait to go back and see this one again. Yeah. Uh, from a technical aspect, great camera work. Uh, Aaron, you mentioned it, and also great editing, but the camera work of just let me pan over and mm-hmm. make the viewer even more confused as to like what they're watching or what they're viewing um certainly is it is uh pretty good so um it's the kind i also it's uh-huh. the, just on that like it's the kind of thing that i you know i don't need every film to be like other films but it's just like stuff that just feels you know unique to itself or ambitious in its own way or it's like it's not the first film to like play with your mind as far as what you're seeing but as far as seeing you know a, a, a prestige film that's at the place that it is doing things that kind of you know, give me more to think about given the concept, you know, old man with dementia. Like there are, there are some moves made here that I just like really appreciated that really went a long way. And that's not saying like seeing the same kind of thing is necessarily bad. It's just, it's all about execution. Right. But like here just feels so wonderfully different than what I would, you know, get from a film like this. Like, it's not for me to say like a more is a terrible movie by any means, or just like too standard Mm -hmm. for its own good. But like, something like this just registers for me stronger because it just feels like it has some outside the box thinking on like what to do with this sort of subject matter and like how to tell that story. Um, so I, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's and, really good. Like I'm struggling to find more because like this movie's just really good guys. Like what else do I have to say about it? Like, it's, it is. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not really like a slow burn either. Cause it's not as though it's like, oh, okay, well let me figure out what's going to happen at the end here with this twist. There's no real twist because everything is basically laid out for you in the first 15 minutes of the movie, but it's it just has to continue to piece it together. Um, it's only a twist isn't... if you don't realize how inevitable certain things are. I think that's what it comes down to. Right, <laughs> yeah. Or if you're just like, maybe he's just having ghostly apparitions. Again, listener, there's no ghosts in this movie. <laughs> um, but you say that enough, there... people are going to start thinking there's ghosts in this movie. <laughs> I mean, Olivia Williams is, is – she's been known to, to see things. Uh, but uh, you, you sound like um, like um, <laughs> what's his name um, from Saturday Night Live, Tim uh, Tim Meadows and Walk Meadows? Hard and Walk Hard saying, "You want no part of this, Dewey? <laughs> There's no ghosts in this. You don't want no ghosts." And it's like I kind of want to see ghosts. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Tim Meadows, um, but I was gonna say that there there's a certain element of how good the movie can be because of the actors that you cast, right? And so that really makes a, a huge impact. And I, I think that in the hands of a lesser cast or in the hands of like a lesser play, um, 
in terms of script writing, it would have been not as good. So, Aaron, you're right that we've seen movies that are sort of like this, where they're trying to tell you this inevitability story or they're trying to tell you this demise story uh, from the point of view of the character. It, it typically works better in shorter segments, like in a TV show or in a um, like a, a, a dream reference of, of some kind. Or maybe in like a Michael Gondry film, right? But um, yeah, for something like this. Michel Gondry, sorry, Um, s'il vous plaît. But there's just a a level of acting here. Because Olivia Coleman, I remember her from Hot Fuzz and she's been stellar ever since. But there's a certain scene where she just has to, she starts welling up with tears um, because she's essentially being berated in front of a guest. And by her father, right? And it's like, she is so good at her craft. So the acting definitely gives it a level up to make this movie even much more uh, dramatic and impactful than than it could have been. Or, it, it, I mean, not that it could have been, that it should have been. I don't want to should say... Should have been? Yeah. I I, I, it, the actors are great. They, they the actors, yeah. And, and you have Mar- and like Mark Gaddis and Priscilla as like the men in this movie are like they're not jerks, but there is kind of a there's a more <laughs> there's a more flippant attitude to what's good because you know they're essentially like yeah. like husbands that are, that are you know brought into this family as opposed to maybe maybe the daughter. <laughs> so it's there's like a less personal thing going on it would seem. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the way they kind of regard um, uh, Anthony. Uh, there's it just it gives the film like it, it messes around with tone a bit like I'm, i wouldn't say the father is like a, you know it's not a funny movie necessarily but there is like it's not you know nothing but devastation throughout this film like there there's especially, especially even with anthony like he knows how to like if he wants to charm his way to imogen poots who he presumably thinks could be a caretaker for him like there's you know things that he's doing um that mm-hmm. you know show it don't quite resemble his twitter feed uh, but certainly g- give him, you know, some of that like life that he likes to, you know, inject in a lot of things. That's more than just, you know, doddering old man performance. Um, so it's, right. it knows how to, you know, we, like we said at 97 minutes, it packs in a lot, but it, it does so in a way that's, you know, efficient with its time and shows you a lot about these characters that, you know, make mm-hmm. it work as a very watchable film. Um, it, not just one that's, you know, trying to like <laughs> drown at all emotions except sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. it's weird because i'm trying to think of some things that didn't work because we've been all high on praise on it and while there probably are some things i don't know if there's many uh because again it's a, it's already a, a confined stage place so it's not as though i i, I get lost in the apartment i kind of know the layout um well here's a question but, for you uh-huh. as we you know search to complete your top 10 of the year would this have made the list in any way was this a 2020 release? This was. Yeah. Um. Maybe I think Minari does take that number one spot though. All right. Yeah. Well, it's still you know there's does it does this shunt anything out of the top ten list? <laughs> yeah, because I was like maybe I replace it with something like uh, the seven eight nine. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. I can't recall off the top of my head, but it it might. It's just I'd have to look at what I've got there because. The impact of it is still lasting, right? I still feel. And that's what, what I, that's um, what that's what Mark and I are. It's like I was talking to Mark about you know being on this episode. He's like I haven't seen Father in a while, but he's like I haven't either. But like I, we both are still thinking about it. Right? That's, that's mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's very high on my my top ten list. There you go. It just missed mine, but it was certainly one more. Like this movie's really good. <laughs> like I, uh, yeah. It I I keep the same with same with Dick Johnson's Dead. Actually, like I had both of those. I mean, they're both still like you know in the top fifteen on uh, my thing, yeah. but. And like it's weird because I don't ha- I don't have family members that have dealt with dementia at least to my knowledge like ones that are close to me I don't know that have dealt mm-hmm. with dementia it's not something that you know I've had to deal with personally and I can only imagine what some of these films have done to some of you know people that have right. um, we right. we had our friend of the show Peter Paris on to talk about Dick Johnson is dead knowing that his yeah. father was suffering some similar uh, things and he, and he 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 watched it very much enjoyed what the film was doing and he also saw this movie and very much enjoyed what this movie was doing um, but. I, I don't know, just something about the way this movie communicates that story and does, and same goes for Dick Johnson's It actually, does something kind of different with it, uh, right. I think just proves to be something that just feels, you know, unique and special in its own way as far as doing something that's, you know, a difficult topic to handle and finding a way to tell that story that I assume has to be, obviously it's personal to for uh, for Kristen Johnson for uh, Dick Johnson's Dead, but like, I, I imagine Florian Zeller has, you know, something he wants to say about this topic given you know the the, the decades worth of work he's done you know putting this movie this the, the story together so mm-hmm. absolutely well i mean if <laughs> we've we, we've got out what we have about the father right. is to say yeah. it's an excellent yeah. film and that you should definitely go seek it out i know it's currently in theaters um, where that's available and, and it's not, but it's VOD. now available on vod um, yeah. so it's it's you know accessible for all to see with that in mind, when should people go and see this movie? Mark, should people put this on the the top of their queue? What, what should they do? I yeah, I mean it, it's tough because I know at least I don't know on on your guys' systems, but from what I've seen, it's like twenty dollars to rent. That's right. why I've kind of yeah, it's held PVOD, off. On. Sorry, P, it's yeah. a PVOD. Yeah, it's PVOD. It's twenty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's twenty bucks, which I have a hard time paying for a movie. And I know you know depending on what part of the country and twenty bucks might be what you're used to paying. I'm used to paying like nine. So when we yeah, go to but, the theater, so. but, but Mark, I mean, if you you and the you and the fam were like, let's go see the father, oh, yeah. and, yeah, and all, all four of you, and you're like, oh God, Dad, thank you, finally a birthday present I like. And um, <laughs> hey, listen, Kong, Kong versus uh, whatever that's Godzilla called, versus Kong, Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. That, when we see that, I, I think we get that for free next week anyway on HBO Max. But that'd be one I'd be okay because the kids will watch it with me. For this one, it would just be me watching. Um, so. Um, I, I would mean, say as one that's seen both, I would say you want to see both of these on the big screen. That's the, yeah, both probably. of them. I mean, if the father's an IMAX, make it a double picture. That's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say this: if I hadn't seen the father, knowing what I know, it's worth the twenty bucks, mm-hmm. right? Um, but to revisit it, I'm kind of waiting till it gets down to that like seven dollar range. Yeah, right. I hear you. Abe, how about you? Coming into this, you've, you've I presumably have you know paid the full price for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I did pay the twenty. I was like, it's still twenty dollars. Uh, <laughs> I in our old rating, this is a theater movie where I'd be like, yeah, you should go see it in the theaters. Um, in our new rating, it's like, it's good. Maybe wait for like fifteen bucks. Um, but you know, if you're watching it for two people, sure, that's ten each, right? But yeah, I mean, it, it's. It's kind of like a difficult one because it's a it's on rental for 20 bucks um, versus uh, if if I were going to use uh, Aaron and Anna's logic of I'm just going to buy Scooby-Doo because renting it is $20 <laughs> and buying it is $25. I know, right? I wouldn't just just I did. mean, yeah. that's that's what's so hard is it's I can just 
buy the damn thing in, in a little right. bit here. So. And, and meanwhile, the people at Sony Pictures Classics are just laughing their asses off at you. <laughs> right, right. I would These say, fools. Right. You're old with your old skill, which I loved. I always loved that, the old skill that you did. I would probably, even though you don't, you, I wouldn't recommend this one in IMAX, but I think IMAX is the one that you rank the highest, uh, right? Yes. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really that's good. that's where I would. Oh, yeah. It's in, it's okay. like I said, it's high in my top ten for the year. So I'd, um, I, yeah, it's worth. If you haven't seen it, it's worth the twenty bucks. If, if you have seen it, that's where it's hard to. <laughs> I'm not no, yeah, sure, I guess, I hard to hard to. Be. I, Listen, Minari, Minari's my number one of the year, and I and I still can't pay the 20 bucks to watch it a second time waiting <laughs> I mean, on that one to come you've been down western boys in this minari like philip price in front of the show is he's from arkansas he's like man this movie ruled yeah it just that one just moved me and and in this this is a year where uh, there's a lot of really good stuff but nothing that i really love there's no you know i'm a huge first man uh I, I will always talk about first man well, and because it, uh, it's, it's appropriately one of the best <laughs> yeah, movies of the past decade right yeah one of the better movies of the last decade uh, yeah. it drove me nuts how little attention they got uh first man 1917 i was real passionate about those movies parasite even um but this year not really anything that really passionate about but minari's the closest thing and i and i really loved it so but anyway the father i, I well, it's Mark, not far i don't know we've got a great segment coming up okay <laughs> Fortunately, my passions aren't nominated for best picture, so I don't have to worry uh-huh. about it. Um, uh, my one one of them isn't even Oscar qualified because it's small acts, so it's like, what do oh, I do? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I didn't um, even know where to. I didn't even know where to what to do with that in my like. I didn't put it in my film ranking because I didn't know if like is that counting as a film? Some places counted it as a film. Some were like, no, it's not eligible. So I mean, I don't care it's what the Oscar, like my, yeah, my, yeah. my regards aren't for the Oscars, so I just. Right. Steve McQueen you... calls it as a film, so I call it a yeah. film, and so the whole okay. thing is my is my number one. Like even yeah, even, even without that, you know, <laughs> Lovers Rock and Mangrove are my number one. Like it's it, yeah. you know it's but the whole thing I think is such a rewarding experience. So it's, yeah, good. It, it does it did the most for me last year in a year where I do have a number of films that and we'll get to that as far as we go to the Oscars. As far as my rating for this thing goes, um, it's the kind of thing where I'm looking at it as. Which which Oscar nominated film do you definitely need to see, regardless of like what the price is? Um, and this falls into that I think that that like higher tier category is like yeah twenty dollars for the father sure go for it because it's that good. I think it 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 does the job for you as as far as that goes. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the film as well. I think we all are. And um, so there you go. That's the father. All right. Um, well, let's move on now. Let's get to let's get, we're gonna do some Oscar talk here. Yeah. Um, this isn't necessarily predictions because we have predictions mm-hmm. that would we'll do you know the days before. Mark Oscar. would smoke us in that. <laughs> it's pretty know. close. I don't know. It's pretty yeah, close with Mark's on here. I don't know. You guys both get around like seventeen to nineteen per year. It's pretty, pretty we get good. There. We got like the twenty twenty one. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. On average, I'm probably right around nineteen. You know, uh, as far as correct guesses, I'm, I'm where I'm where I'm a little bit better is the nomination stage i think i'm usually pretty high on on that mm-hmm. on getting the nominees right once the once the nominations are announced the game gets a little bit more easy i think and you know the especially with as the guilds weigh in and yeah. things um that's when things start to there starts to become like no-brainers kind of like parasite last year in the uh international feature category right um you know there's some certain things that just line up and you're like well that's that's yeah. got that prize coming into the night 
Yeah, it's those outliers in the tech categories. You're like, well, what if? Yeah. What if LinkedIn yes. wins production design, and then it does, and then right. I score a point. Who would have so. thought? Suicide Squad would win the best. That's like the one damn. That is like right. one of my Lincoln winning production design goes against my favorite stat uh, that I always come back to, and uh, my former editor, who's now at Variety, Clayton Davis, still gives me shit about telling him not to pick Lincoln. <laughs> I think I, I think it was Life of Pi that I was on that year. Mm. But anyway. Uh, my favorite is always there was one year where we were Mr. Hublot won best animated short film <laughs> and it was like there was there was another yes. film that was like the heavy favorite um yeah. maybe it was like the like a Pixar short or something and yeah. I but I was like Mr. Hublot I know it's been it's been garnering <laughs> buzz in certain circles and sure enough <laughs> it was the winner <laughs> well, the shorts are always just throw a dart man it's it's yeah those I I, I enjoyed the shorts this year most of the ones that I've seen at least and. Uh, especially in the documentary short. My God, there were so many good ones there. But Looking forward to it. Anna and I usually yeah. watch the shorts together. Yeah. We haven't gotten a chance okay. to. Yet. Well, we had a chance to, but they weren't uploaded on our link properly all the way yet. So uh, we're going to get to yeah. them. Oh, you guys got Zack Snyder's Justice League instead? <laughs> we got one <laughs> like, that we wanted to like watch. I like what happened with Tom and Jerry. <laughs> we got one that we wanted to watch, but it was uploaded without subtitles. So I was like, yeah. well, this yeah. isn't going to help. Um, <laughs> I, I will tell you. When you're done seeing the five for documentary short, I would seek out a couple of the other ones that were on the short list. Okay. Uh, especially the Speed Cubers, which is on Netflix. Oh, I've seen Speed Cubers. That is very oh good. Oh my God, yeah. I love. I I was so sad that didn't that yeah. didn't make. But I would have been uh, happy just to see them like on the stage at the Oscars, like yeah. while while it, like just directors. Their cube. Yeah, while the directors like giving yeah. his speech, they're like the two the two main kids are just like on their doing the cubes real quick. That'd well, they would have completed right? like sixteen of them each. Yeah, right. Put them oh. on the Zoom presentation call. Let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, but yeah, so we are gonna do some Oscar talk here. We're just gonna kind of go through. You know what films like have done? You know are lined up with the most nominees. I'm surprised we might have seen some snubs and any other kind of expectations we get through. So uh, first, let's just kind of go through an overall like what scored big as far as nominations go. Um, and I can write. I can see. I have right here. We have, we have Mank with with uh, with whopping ten nominations. Um, yeah. One would think that that would place it in a certain you know higher level as far as what it could win but i it does have some key ones that it's missing that i think prevented from actually winning best picture which would be screenplay and editing like I, I was gonna yeah i was gonna <laughs> ask you both i was like doesn't it feel as though he was probably gunning for the nomination for his dad and that feels like it's a rude thing to, for him to, to miss out on but I, I would argue those are two of the best things about mank <laughs> the, the, the yes, screenplay yeah. and the editing the editing which is very yeah. much like citizen kane as far as taking you right. back and forth in time <laughs> mm-hmm. and here yeah. we are and honest mm-hmm. and honestly one of the the other things that it missed um special effects yeah i know it's, it's not the first thing you would think of when you watch mink but if you watch the the reel um that they used for um i forget what it's called all of a sudden but um where they show off their craft yes mm-hmm. it's inc- it's incredible mm-hmm. what they did with the special effects and so yeah those are three of its best components and they're all missing so which um, i I'll, so yeah. so mank was my number three of the year which because yeah. small acts into five bloods were you know small acts was never going to be in there to begin with, but, but the five bloods got Nothing except for Terrence Blanchard. Um, I, uh, by default, I'm like, well, I guess Mank is my pick for Best Picture, but like, I I know it has no chance to win right now. So it's yeah, never yeah, say never, like I guess. Shot. But it, yeah, it just uh, you know, normally I try to go with passion on some of these, but it's like this is not going to go far for Mank. It's 
I, yeah, I'm, I'm, curious it, I'm curious if it wins anything. <laughs> Mank has a hard time on the preferential ballot, I think, because it's it's one of those movies that is going to have its passionate fans, but it's also going to have a lot of people that I think are either, you know, I hate to say bored by it, but just not connected to it. And, you know, it'll probably be ranked seventh and eighth on a lot of ballots, whereas a lot, a few of these other movies um, maybe don't have as much passion as the high end, but have a, a smaller, a lower ceiling or a lower floor, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mink makes a great movie and it, yeah, it leads the field. Uh, an interesting stat for that would be only five of the last 16 films to lead the field in nominations, one best picture. So mm-hmm. it used to be where if you led the field, you had, you know, that was like the favorite, but the last decade and a half, it's, you know, it's it comes in as a favorite and ends up out in a lot of cases, like hey, La La Land. Why not? You don't get too many hmm. sweeps uh, anymore. Yeah, no. It's been a no. while since you had a film that like really cleaned up. Um, I mean, yeah. Par- Par- Parasite, not with Parasite, did pretty well. Actually, all things did pretty well. Did year. it win all the categories that it was nominated in? No, I don't think yeah. it won. It didn't win. Did it win production design? I don't. Hmm. I don't uh, think so. I don't, I don't, I don't, I know. It didn't win all of them. I know that, but it did. You know, yeah. it, it got it, it, what? It got what, what? Writing, directing, uh, international picture. I mean, it's that's yeah. it's a strong yeah. lineup of Oscars right yeah. there. Uh, for one man, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I think it was nominated for like six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't think it won okay. every. Single and four, one. four or five wins nowadays is like a that's all, it's yeah. a haul. That's yeah, a that's a that's a big win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, were there were there more snubs? Well, we'll or, get. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll get back. I'm sorry. Not not more so, but in terms of nominations. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to to go through every single film, but I, you know that one's leading no, no, the no. film. The other, you know, the other. Um, big player i would say is nomadland which is it has mm-hmm. six nominees there's others with, others with six nominees we'll kind of go through some of these but nomadland obviously has heaps of praise um yeah. and just it just recently won the producers guild award which not necessarily a guarantee but certainly puts it i think on the top as far as what to expect mark is that, is that yeah, the, yeah i would say this the, the the interesting thing about the producers guild and why it's become one of the you know, biggest things to look at is the fact that they use a preferential ballot like the Oscars, whereas DGA SAG, all the other big guilds, BAFTA, that's not a guild, but still has people in it that vote for Oscars. They don't. uh, And actually I think BAFTA has switched over to preferential as well, but DJ is, is the one that uses that. So my, my questions about Nomadland on a preferential ballot, that was kind of what held me back from picking from having that in my number one spot for most of the year. I think I was like the last person to move it into the favorite spot, but once it won PGA, it's, it's become hard to deny at this point. Just real quick to back up parasite yeah. lost, um, production yeah. design, uh, to yeah. once, once upon a time in Hollywood. And okay. it was up yeah. for editing as well, which it lost to, I wouldn't have, it makes sense to me. I probably picked it but Ford V Ferrari. Um, oh okay. yeah, that makes yeah, that makes right. a ton of sense, you know. <laughs> that's right. It won. Ford V Ferrari won sound and uh, yeah. editing. It, won, it yeah. cleaned up some technicals. You're like, oh, good for you, Ford V Ferrari. You yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good movie. Yeah, yeah, and the and actually, um, last year Parasite lost. I think it was both PGA and DGA to 1970. Yeah, 1970. We all went in right. going like, okay, Parasite's gonna do fine. Yeah. it's all gonna be Sam Mendes show, and then he's like, yeah, Mendes go home because Bung you know, here. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 Parasite actually won SAG, 
last year. Yeah. Over yeah. and hmm. that's kind of that's kind of where my mind was all season with having trial the Chicago Seven as the as the front runner while everybody else said no man land was uh, the fact that you knew all along trial was going to get that SAG ensemble nom and no man land wasn't because as good as the acting is in no man land, it's a lot of non actors. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I, I kind of had this you know, feeling that no man land would not get in for SAG and good luck winning best picture without a SAG nom. It doesn't happen that often. And um, so I kept try out the front um, and, you know, no man land did go on. Not, it, it, it did not get the SAG ensemble while, trial did and um again trial hit kind of all the right notes right he got the pj nom the dj nom sag nom so actors directors producers it got the ace for editors and the wga while nomadland wasn't eligible for wga so it felt to me you know while everybody else was right about nomadland i it just felt to me trial was going to be up front um but with you know when trial lost wga to promising young woman and then lost dga or pga to no man land it became kind of impossible at that point to keep it at the top and so. right below it right below, i mean i think minari's creeping right up there too also with six nominees and also yeah has that yeah. sag nomination which yeah you know, i feel like it's if if i if i were to guess i feel like the sags might be coming between trial and minari as far as where that ensemble award's gonna go yeah, I agree. Um, so, I agree and, if, and if Minari wins that, I feel like it's going to be a race between Nomadland and Minari for Best Picture. <laughs> that's that's exactly how I how I see it as well. I, I think I think at this point it's hard to go against Minari for SAG. The way Trial seems to have built its steam and quickly lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it just didn't. And it, it didn't seem like it raised enthusiasm for the rest of the cast, despite having such a large and talented cast. Like it seems like all yep, the attention's yep. going just to Cohen. Which I don't think is yeah. the best performance in that movie, but I mean it's no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say there's at least three or four performances that are better than that performance in that movie. But um, uh, yeah, Minari seems like it's just it's on this nice wave as far as like, hey, look at us, <laughs> look at these little yeah. guys over here, we're doing a great job, yeah. and more and more, you know, now it's on um, it's on Hulu or no, it's on just VOD, right? It's Minari? VOD or yeah, yeah Minari's still on VOD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now like it has this kind of place where it can be seen by a lot more people. Like, the timing yep. on these things work, you know, especially now with this extended Oscar period. That's not to say that nobody's ever going to watch a trial of Chicago 7, but that movie came out in September, and the Oscars yeah. are in April. And, I mean, that I mean that's why Judas and the Black Messiah also has six nominees. It came on strong toward Warner Brothers knew how to play it as far as, hey, we we have till April to do this. Let's, you know, push the film at February and just build it from there. And <laughs> I, I know some people were very uh, concerned about what Warner Brothers was doing, but here we are, and they're one of the leaders of the pack as far as this movie goes. Sure. One, and another thing you got to kind of consider when it comes to Oscars is they are very, um, you know, a lot of times we talk about what will be, what's the zeitgeist uh-huh. of the moment right? right what's what's going on and that's another reason why i kind of lean trial for so long was you know as soon as i saw it you know in september or whenever that was it came out it felt like oh this is you know the whole world is watching and it's the you know right before the election was coming and it just felt very timely but at, at that point you know the black lives matter mo- movement and this kind of lined up to that but since then we had the capital situation mm-hmm. right and so now does it relate more to that than the Black Lives Matter movement? And has it has is that what took kind of the, the wind out of the sails? And, you know, so I think when you think about movies like No Man, Land and Minari, you have you know, and, and all, you know, and I don't want to 
take anything away from these movies. They're all great movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say the only reason it's winning is a woman directed or anything like that. But I think that adds to the push, uh, the passion behind it, right? When you're on a preferential ballot, again, we're talking about that passion. Um, you're not, you're you not know, wrong and, too, when it comes to like, you know, yeah. st- st- you know, studios want to win awards. Like it's good for them. Right. It's good for that. Like, so the things they're going to push are the things that make them stand out. It's not the only reasons why they are qualified to be you know, in a certain high Absolutely. place, but it's certainly Absolutely. a strong reasoning to use as far as marketing that thing. It's like, so yeah, you have a woman of color that's made one of the best reviewed films of the year. You're gonna promote yeah. that. You're gonna you're gonna say, yeah. look, look yeah. at this movie. Absolutely. Look what it's doing. You have a right. you know you have a film uh, like Minari uh, that has yeah. a uh, you know has a as an Asian American man using his life story as the basis for this thing. It has a very strong Asian Asian and Asian American cast. Uh, you yeah. know, work like you're gonna use those elements as far as like look, look at look at what we haven't done it before at the Oscars and look what we've accomplished here. Like there's things there. You have right. a you have Judas and the Black Messiah, the first film nominated for Best Picture that's all black producers. Uh, you right. know, like uh, yeah. a very diverse mm-hmm. set of nominees, right? And, and even mm-hmm. if the studios don't use that those things, it's in the subconscious, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of um you know the um anti-Asian stuff going on in the country and and violence and whatnot. And that can be in the subconscious too. And, and, and listen, it doesn't just take that from Minari. You heard, you know, Abe and I love Minari and Aaron, I I don't know where, okay. So we're all big fans of it. Right. And you mentioned that other guy that was on the show. So Minari is one of those movies everybody seems to like, and you add to it that other, subconscious element and you know anything in that direction could happen but i think you know like you mentioned i think it, i think we're going to see the shift from trial versus nomad to nomad versus minari mm-hmm. but in the end i think you know it's it's what was constant throughout the whole season was nomad land and in that case you have a chance to recognize you know a great film that you know was critical darling but also a film directed by a female and that female also happens to be um, Asian American, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of hit all the, you know, check all the boxes in that regard, right? right. And you, know, I mean, you also have strong passion going to to the other nominees. One is Sound of Metal, where I feel like that that feels like a, a little film that could because that yeah. premiered at like yeah, yeah. what that premiered at like TIFF in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And oh, really? yeah, wow. like it was a, it was like a year out before it like you know came wow. back again. Came out again, hit festival, hit festivals again, kept building a steam, and doing a lot for both Rizamed and Paul Racy, who I feel was just willed yeah. into the supporting actor conversation, and you know yeah. was successful <laughs> in that regard. Um, and you know, along with the other nominations it has beyond, you know, best uh, uh, picture and uh, sound, especially I think is, I, oh, yeah. I, I'd be hard pressed yeah. to think that it's going to lose that category. That just seems like and that seems like sure. it's a given to me. And I would say, yeah, sound again. That's you're right. I think that's one of the ones you walk in just knowing what wins that. But I think watch out for it in editing too. Right? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Another, it feels like yeah. Whiplash to me. Whiplash yep. won sound and yep. editing, and I think it's for very specific reasons regarding the use of yeah. you know how you cut how you how you cut around sound and music and uh, like the use of music in those films. I think it has very similar qualities in that regard. Uh, but the other obvious you know passion play for many is Promising Young Woman. Absolutely. Um, which you know carried on from Sundance all the way to now that went from a movie that seemed you know it seemed like a film that could be purely for like the cinephiles and film twitter to a major contender at the Oscars <laughs> and yeah. um uh, yeah. that, for in that regard it is uh, it is impressive um 
So it, it you know it has it has a lot of nominations, including a best a best director mm-hmm. nomination, um, right. which I think should take us to some of these surprises um, that we, sure. you know we've seen here. Uh, one is yes, the, this best director category I want to talk to first because you know mm-hmm. there is some expectations, including like Aaron Sorkin being in the best director conversation, and that didn't happen. Instead, you have Emerald Farrell for Promising Woman and uh, Thomas Vinterberg uh, for another round. Uh, which I don't think anyone necessarily was like, these are definitely going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, no. I, well, I did have Emerald in mind, but I did not have Vinterberg and, and I had Sorkin in place. And that's another area you could point to to say that, you know, trial peaked probably too early um, and missed that key nomination, which, um, you know, the movie I'd been comparing trial to all season anyway was Argo. It had that same kind of, yeah, like, yeah. you know, timeliness and that hurrah moment at the end and whatnot and it's a kind of um, like a mainstream thing that's dealing with like a yeah. topic that it, right. yeah. it, it feels very audience friendly while having yes. some depth in it yes yeah right but yeah vinterberg i think is is evidence um along with the father honestly for picture because um the father uh missed almost every guild uh, the only one it didn't miss, it wasn't eligible for, so you don't really count it, right? Writers Guild, but it didn't, it didn't get Producers Guild, Directors Guild, SAG, Ace, nothing, Art Direction Guild, not, nothing, right? But there has been a, a large infusion of international members of the Academy over the past few years. That's part of why you see a film like Parasite finally win, um, and I think that's part of why you see Venterberg get into director, uh, and the father still, you know, show up pretty well on Oscars, a little, a little more so than maybe you might have thought. Um, Vinterberg's so not too, uh, too Vinterberg's not too different from Pavel Pavlikowski for Cold War a couple years ago. Yeah, where it just feels right. like the international yep. branch very much wants to show that they have a say in these things because hey, guess what? Uh, yep. There are some other movies out there that uh, we're gonna throw in. Um, which I, is which is great. Yeah, right? I it mean, is. I, I think you know there's some there's some really good you know other you know films made from other countries. I don't know how else to say that. So it's good to see it be a little more um, wide ranging, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was a massive loved, fan of Cold War, so I was like, this is yeah, amazing that same, this happened. Roma's going to kill all of it, but still, I was right. really excited that this happened. Right. Yeah, I was I was pretty thrilled with that one, too. I, and I loved Another Round. Um, yeah, know, that I made think my, it's really good. It, it's in my top 20 somewhere. Um, but I was kind of, you know, I was kind of sad for Sorkin to not get in, just uh, because, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, all year long, that's what people kept saying is, oh, he's not going to get in, he's not going to get in, because the director's branch is a little bit, tighter with when it comes to you know writers becoming directors actors becoming directors but um you know i i kind of just thought yeah no they'll get him in there so i was kind of disappointed to see him out but uh you know the one that i would have preferred to see over vinterberg honestly would have been the one we just talked about earlier which was florian zeller um you know i think i think uh, i would love to see if if the international audience was going to get you know a a bread in I, i would like to have seen um Zeller show up, especially if they love the father as much as they did. But it's interesting to see how these things play out and um, what surprises pop up like Venterberg. Well, I do think the father is a surprise as far as how much it performed in the Oscars nominations. I mean, it. Yeah, absolutely. Six noms for the father is not something that anyone I think was seeing coming. Mainly, far, partly because Sony Pictures Classics tends to not be very good at this. There's a lot of good Sony Picture Classic films that. I feel like with a better studio or a different studio, maybe could have went all the way as far as at least getting certain recognition. Father feels like a first as far as they did very little yet still got rewarded, which shows right. the strength of the film, I guess, if anything. Absolutely. And and the strength of perhaps BAFTA, 
and yeah, uh, yeah. what what yeah. nominations you know the timeliness it's a different kind of year and you know a lot of the academy voters were voting before seeing producers guild nominations or, or winners and before the directors guild nominations i think came out they were voting so this year was one of those years where i think the critics kind of mattered a little more and i think the overseas um awards and things mattered a little more than than maybe they normally do but bafta BAFTA definitely had some impact on on some of these results, or at least similarities that you could have pointed to. I have to say that's partially because audiences can't really drive the conversation as much this past year. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, for sure. You you can you, know, you can go with streaming numbers all you want to, but like the things that are getting right. attention are like, hey, these things got good reviews at a film festival, or these things are just getting more talked about online because people have been able to see them and there's just a lack of other releases. So the atmosphere is not clogged up by, you know, mainstream films as much. So yeah, you're going to talk about the kind of the, the stuff that's out there and the loudest voices are going to, you know, help push that forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, as far as other surprises go, getting back to Judas and the Black Messiah, not only do we have Daniel Kaluuya in supporting actor, which many, I think feels is a lock for the win, but Lakeith Stanfield made a surprise appearance right. in the supporting actor category. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, I was I was so happy about that. I and shocked beyond belief. That's and in fact that's the one um, acting nomination that I missed. I went 19 for 20 on those. I had Bozeman for Defy Bloods in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was a giant surprise. But I was so thrilled. I love Lucky Stanfield. I'm sure just like you guys since Short Term 12. Yeah. Um, big fan. So really, uh, you know, shows shows a little bit of that. You know, Judas and the Black Messiah had a late release, and that's another. I. I I, there's five films right now that I'm kind of holding on to is like they could win. Right. And Judas is the, is in that fifth spot for me. And I just think if it had maybe in a little bit earlier release and Warner brothers, I think it's Warner brothers that has it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they had done maybe a little bit more on that, clearly it showed, it showed up in some places that you're like, wow. Um, so I, I don't think it's completely over for Judas as far as picture winning either. And especially, you know, we talked about, you know, this is, you know, the zeitgeist in reading the year mm-hmm. when when Ma Rainey's and One Night in Miami miss out and Defy Bloods misses out, really Judas and the Black Messiah is the one, um, you know, black, black film. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, like, fair yeah. to say, right? Okay, so it's the one black film in there, and it's pretty awesome that it's the one that's the complete crew and, cast, you know, most of the cast is black as well. So um, it, it's representing all those other great movies that maybe didn't get in and, you know, it's still a very diverse lineup. Um, but it's, you know, it's the one that's kind of representing in that regard. So I, I don't think it's uh, one you can rule out for sure. It's one it, similar to trial. I do think it's very audience friendly. I think it tells yeah. us because a, we talked about this on the podcast. I think it's because mm-hmm. it, it's not just a biopic. It plays like an action thriller that happens to be a biography. <laughs> like that's, yeah. Kind of, it's, it's, yeah. So it, it so it has that kind of Argo idea to it as far as like, yeah, it's telling an important story, but also it's doing it through a through a genre in its own way. Um, but get, getting back to Lakeith, though, the thing that's yeah. like, not only like, is he here, which is cool, it is also supporting role where he was being campaigned for lead the whole time. Um, yeah. Which, which is like, yeah. okay. The actors are like, yeah. no, this is what we're doing. And um, <laughs> it confuses me a bit on who they think, which which character was supporting who in this, in this question. But um Right. I mean, again, I think that that feels like a push of strength as far as how much people like the movie. It's like, yeah, we really like Keith Stanfield right. along with Daniel Kaluuya, and so we're gonna, you know, put both of them on the ballot. So, so Clayton explained that a little bit. Clayton Davis, we mentioned earlier, explained yeah, that a little bit to me show. that there's 
yeah, there's some there's some kind of uh, rule where um, if you get nominated, you could like you. I forget how it goes, but you can't be nominated in both spots. Back in 1944, Barry Fitzgerald for Going My Way was nominated for lead and supporting. And since then, which is wild. It's wild to think that there's a broadcast of the Oscars where the the same actor in the same role is nominated in two different categories. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. So they so they had to put some rules in for that. And I guess the rule is if you are in if you are in the top five of both, which one? Did you have more votes in? And that's where we'll place you and we'll replace you in the other one. So his, he has a, a kind of a theory around how this ended up happening. But I think, you know, I think voters probably looked at this similarly to something like Spotlight or Trial of Chicago 7, where it's an ensemble piece. Is there really a lead? Is Kaluuya, I mean, Kaluuya's in it as much as Stanfield. Is one lead? Are they co-leads or are they co-supporting? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of when it's, when it's ensemble, I'm a fan of, of, of pushing them to supporting like a lot of them, uh, a lot of these films end up doing. So I'm kind of glad he showed up in the same category to show kind of equal weight to the roles. But but definitely a surprise. I had him on my radar for lead because that's where they were campaign, campaigning him. So mm-hmm. this was a major, uh, probably the biggest surprise of the whole day, I think, was mm-hmm. Lakeith. Was you know he, who was the most surprised? Jesse Plemons. He's like, I'm the main actor. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> was uh, Steven Yuna surprised at it? I know that was like a, a big possibility. I don't think so. Like, it doesn't feel no. like it, but I, I it's well earned. I don't disagree. Yeah. There. Yeah. Like 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 I mentioned, I had the other other than Lakeith, I had the other nineteen, right? So for for me, I, and and several, I don't think it was too much a surprise. I'm trying to think who. I I mean, there's some snubs that we'll get to, but I know. Oh, Delroy. Yeah. Delroy Lindo. Lindo. <laughs> yeah. He's the <laughs> one that. And I had him sixth, so I had him just missing to uh, Oldman and Yoon. But um, yeah, I, I, somewhat of a surprise. But you know, the you know Yoon got the SAG nomination, so that's that's always helpful True, yeah. in, in that regard. And I think that's where Delroy missed out, right? So you do have the SAG five here, mm-hmm. right, in lead actor. So it's not. I don't think it's too surprising, but I think disappointing because I think so many people thought Delroy could win. Yeah. Uh, at least at least over the summer we were kind of thinking that way. So um yeah, just dis- disappointing for the for him to I mean when you when it. you give the best performance of last year, yeah, you kinda hope that it <laughs> is that your <laughs> that's your favorite year? Easily. I, yes. Okay. <laughs> I felt I'm a I'm a Bozeman guy from Ron Rainey's. I that was my favorite that and Kaluuya were my two favorite performances. But yeah. but yeah, well, none of these are fan- bad. Like these yeah, are all, no, they're all amazing great. performances. But that's, <laughs> and I think that that's what that's what you have to look at here with this this lineup and, and Lindo missing his man, who do you take out who do you take out for Lindo? And, Gary Oldman. That's who <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I could yeah I mean I, I wouldn't I mean, I would throw up on that floor. I <laughs> Abe again I would, it's my I, number three film of the year and I, I I love the fact that it climaxes with I'm gonna give you a stern talking to and then throw up all over the place. That's the be, that's the best kind of climax I could ask for in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 understandable and that's and that's hard it's hard to do. So it's you know somebody has to miss is what it comes down to when you have six performances like that and whoever misses it's gonna feel you know, ah, oh, damn. So Mm-hmm. Some other surprises. I just I wrote a few down. Yeah. Um, if you guys have anything, feel free to bring them up as well. But um, Greyhound for sound. That's not necessarily huge, but it's so like you know you have that and you have both Tom Tom Hanks dad movies in the sound category. And I was like, oh Greyhound, <laughs> good for you, I guess. Like there's a lot of options there, and I guess Apple just campaigned the right way. Uh, yeah. to... Well, and the sound is fantastic, right? It is. Yeah, it's 
that's say what you want about the movie. I I, of, I enjoyed the movie. Metal, metal clinking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I enjoyed well, the movie uh, well enough, but yeah. It, um, yeah. It relies because of you know it's ships versus subs. Yeah, I get that sound is a huge component in making that yep. in a war film, no less. That makes sense. Yeah, and not and not too many you know with movies kind of held back from theaters this year. Not a whole lot of visual effects sound type movies. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? So when you see Mank got in and Soul got in for sound too, and animated films sometimes you know do that. But mm-hmm. uh, you know I think you know Greyhound was nominated by BAFTA. Again, we talked about how BAFTA might have impacted some things. Um, but the motion picture sound editors and the sound mixing guilds both um, cited Greyhound as well. So I think there was um, some general love for it in that regard. The one that I was kind of surprised in that category to miss, uh, and I think I was the only one, so this might be stupid, but I, I thought Ma Rainey would get in for sound. Um, a lot of times... And yeah, that, yeah you musicals know, tend to yeah, get in. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. exactly... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I'm going, and and maybe it's not necessarily a musical, but there's a whole lot of music in it, so I I don't know why I just thought that would take the spot um, that soul. I think it's because there's no other movie that's close to a musical this year in the Best Picture lineup. Am I missing yeah. something? No, I'm not. I was like, is there some like giant obvious thing? No, that seems like it's you know you get that kind of de facto musical pick that gets in there sometimes, and that that, that one kind of fits yeah. the description the most compared yeah. to the others. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. There's been a lot of support, obviously, but Eurovision uh, for song um, yes. made it in there, and I <laughs> wish I was a bigger I wish I was a bigger fan of this film, but I don't dislike it. But it just seems like people yeah. are like rabidly obsessed with it compared to me, and it's like, all right, but they they willed the song to get an Oscar nomination, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's one I should have mentioned earlier that I recently watched. I, I saw that last week, and it's it's okay, but that song's great. I mean, I, I, honestly, that song could win, and I wouldn't be upset by it winning. I, yeah uh it's it's good you know it's, it's there's not that it's much got some chill year. song in it like yeah. get some goosebumps at points yeah and there's yeah. not really any song this year that i'm like yeah that's, that's over the moon for I, yeah i i that's like hard. the um i mean i like all i've heard them all i like all the songs yeah. that there's yeah there's yeah. not there's not you know there's not one standouts like oh this <laughs> might as well go there's home no other nominees <laughs> right yeah. there's no there's no falling slowly or the yeah, kind yeah. or whatever but uh-huh. that's why i kind of think this is diane warren's year um, because yeah, you know she hasn't she hasn't won yet, and um, there's really no move. There's really no song here that just seems like the no-brainer, and and so for those who do know that you know, and not all voters are aware of these things, but for those who do know it's Diane Warren, it may be the time to hand her, and that's she won the Globe for it, right? Or this this that song won the Globe. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig's Choice went to speak now for One Night in Miami. That's the Leslie Odom Jr. song. So I think those two songs kind of feel like they're going to be fighting for it so we'll we'll see what it ends up doing but right now i'm leaning toward the uh diane warren oscar finally happening hmm. the um visual effects category um hmm. the, the, it, the one and only ivan that's not a surprise to me because i think disney's really <gasps> good at marketing their or like showing off their visual <laughs> effects reels <laughs> like, I, I, and you know the, yeah. Oscars seem to like animals they seem to like animals that move around and stuff in visual effects that seems to be their bag like you know Lion King, yeah. Jungle Book, like you know, they're they're into that. But um, Love and Monsters, <laughs> that was one where like Love and Monsters has yeah. uh, as many yeah. Oscar nominations as the Five Bloods. Good for you, <laughs> Love and Monsters, <laughs> a movie I like, I enjoyed that movie. But it's like, oh, okay, that's not a a visual effects nominee that I would have seen coming <laughs> for the Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, no, and I ha- I haven't seen either one of those two, but I did watch like the trailer just to get an idea for the visual effects before I was predicting and. 
I just, you know, a lot of people were picking the one and only Ivan. I'm like, man, that that is just not that great. And and, and it's upsetting because those, you know, nothing against, you know, Love and Monsters. But, you know, those two films getting in took Mank, who we talked about earlier for visual effects, how great it was. But it also took out my favorite visual effects of the year, which was Welcome to Chechnya. Which which would have been neat because that's a documentary. Oh, and like that's, yeah. that's something that, you know, would have been really special to see. A documentary uh, film getting a special right. a visual effects nomination. Um, and think about think about the importance of the effects in that film too. How uh-huh. it had you know they had to do it to basically save these people's lives. Like I thought that that once it showed up on the shortlist, I thought, oh shit, that could win, right? Because of you know all those things I just mentioned. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, seeing the one and only Ivan, which was such a boring pick, and Love and Monsters, which if I remember was like a robot versus man kind of movie. No, no, it's just it's monsters. It's it's uh, oh, people live okay. in a post-apocalyptic world and there's monsters running around. It's, oh, it's mo- okay, maybe it's, all, it's all trailer. <laughs> maybe there's no there's no robots. It's not something about robots or something no, it's, it's all it's it's a uh, it's Dylan O'Brien, uh, oh, our favorite our favorite maze runner, um just going <laughs> going across America trying to find uh, uh, this girl he likes and there's all and That's monsters it. have overrun the the country the, the world. All right, I'm going to have to find that one again cuz I watched the wrong trailer and that would explain some things to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no robots. It's uh, it's yeah. the the. I mean, the effects are good. Like they're good looking monsters, and they're unique. They don't look like they. Okay. But um, it's just neat to see. Like, okay, that good good for you. <laughs> um, uh, any other like surprise nominations that you didn't see coming, Mark? Yeah. Um, the one that I really tanked was international feature i, oh, I only okay. got yeah uh-huh. yeah i got two two of the five i got which were um another round obviously and then i had quo bodies the one that you saw recently um i pulled collective out last minute because i'm stupid because i thought it would just get documentary and not uh be in there but um you know i was really disappointed that la Llorona missed that was one of my mm-hmm. uh, another one that was in my top 20 uh, for yeah, the year. Just for the listeners, not the curse of La Llorona. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, another La Llorona. That that's, yeah. It's the it's the legal drama version that we've all been waiting yeah. for. Yeah, the good one. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah, and it's Guatemalan film and and just a great great movie. I also thought Two of France or I'm sorry, Two of Us would get in, which is France's film, and France by far has the most nominations by any country in hmm. Academy history. So that they're usually you know French films are usually. Uh, Strong Continues, it also got the Globe nomination and the Critics' Choice nomination for the same category. So those two felt pretty safe. And then the other one that I went with that missed was I'm No Longer Here, which I haven't seen, but I've heard so many good things. That's from Mexico. But, um, yeah, it's that's the category that, uh, for me, was surprising just uh, to see France miss and La Llorona, which was probably right behind another round as – um, the one that I had and I, and I loved it and had heard a lot of great stuff from other people about it. One NBR as well. So. Night, Night of the Kings is one that I was yeah. looking at. Seeing. Yeah. So I, Neon put a lot of effort into that one as far as yeah. trying to get that going. Um, that was my number six on, on my predictions too. So I actually, I, then if you look at it that way, I two for six in that regard. Uh, yeah, I, it was, that was just a brutal category for surprises. And I'm sure and I haven't seen, Better Days from Hong Kong, or the man who sold his skin from Tunisia, and uh, I still have to see Quovad. Quovad, actually, I have to see all these except for another round. But mm-hmm. I'm sure they're all very, very good choices. I just um, a lot of times with this category, I, I don't have as much access to, and, and kind of go by word of mouth and prior. It's understandable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So big surprises. 
So let's get some of the snubs um, or, you know, films that just kind of missed out on a, more yeah. of a chance here. And I, I mean, I want, we already talked about Delroy Lindo, but I think the five bloods in general um, just mm-hmm. seemingly entirely looked over <laughs> by, by the Oscars as yeah. far as, you know, any qualifiers that it seemed to have. And it's not like it, you know, was coming out of nowhere. It seemed to have a lot of precursors that could have led to a number of nominations, at least even in technical categories, but just everywhere except score from Terrence Blanchard, just, Spike wasn't a player this year, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I think that speaks to the quality of a lot of the other films, um, yeah. my own opinion notwithstanding. But I mean, yeah, it, it just seemed like that had the chance to like get a you know, higher push and just didn't quite uh, make the cut. All these. Yeah. Um, let's see. As far as um, best picture goes, a lot of possibilities, but um, Ma Rainey and and uh, One Night in Miami. <laughs> Uh, films that you know had a lot of heavy love, and um, mm-hmm. Ma Rainey has five other nominations. No, uh, no, no, best picture. Uh, we went, we won eight once again for the number of nominees, and uh, yeah, didn't get the uh, you know two of those, which I think are there any others in best picture wise that kind of could have made that cut that were like right there on the edge. Yeah, I mean there were a couple, but I I wouldn't call them like snubs. Yeah, I guess, yeah, right. I yeah. Um, I think Ma Rainey and One Night are the two that stand out as the closest thing to a snub, if there is any. But this is where it always gets hard, because what do you take out, right? So I don't have any complaints um, with what they what they chose uh, as far as the eight. Um, I missed. I did have Ma Rainey and One Night in my predictions. The two that I missed were The Father, because again, like I mentioned, just no precursor love except for really the BAFTA at the last minute. So I. I had that in my 10 spot mm-hmm. and then in my nine spot, I had Judas and the black Messiah. So those are the two that I missed. I was rooting for Judas. Um, but I had those two nine, 10 and I had Maharani in one night in my like seven, eight range. So, um, those were the, those were not surprise, not too surprising or, or snub, I would, something I'd call snub, but probably the closest thing you can get to it. Cause after that, it's probably Borat to be honest with all the <laughs> yeah. stuff that it's won. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's kind of hard not to say that wasn't, right there on the cusp as well and i wouldn't i wouldn't call that a snub so mm-hmm. and then director it's kind of in that same vein who do you take out i mean it's a good lineup right it's yeah. a, a nice diverse lineup there's of course going to be people that miss like regina king and aaron sorkin and uh spike lee for for another in floor um what's his name Flor- florian zell. Just, yeah florian zell sorry so you know you, you could almost form a great lineup with the five with five that missed in director um but the five that got in all good choices so you know when i think of snub i I try to keep it to um this person who was like maybe you know if you think about lindo right because he like feels like he should get in but it's like who you know who do you take out it may be old men i agree with but i mean it's not like old men isn't isn't great in that as well so hard to say I, i might look at adapted screenplay um i wasn't as big a fan maybe on white tiger as some people so when I look at that and I see Ma Rainey missed, I, I, I mean, some of the writing in Ma Rainey is pretty damn good, which leads to uh, Bozeman, in my opinion, given the best performance of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So for me to see Ma Rainey miss in favor of that was kind of disappointing. Um, I agree. Um, screenplay. Yeah. And I, I like White Tiger, but I mean, it was surprising just to, to not see yeah. Ma Rainey in there, given the, mm-hmm. you know, what it's doing. <laughs> like It's like, yeah, it yeah. kind of seems like a, and it has, you know, five other nominations. <laughs> so it's like, all right. That's yeah. That's a that's an interesting one to miss out because Borat needed that second screenplay nomination apparently. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, and you have 
you have some other ones like in documentary, like I mentioned, Welcome to Chechnya missed in visual effects. Well, it also missed in documentary feature, and that was uh, disappointing. I, I really enjoyed that one, but you know, can't doc- complain because again, so many good docs. There's a lot of good docs, but I mean, again, the documentary branch is has yeah. to be the weirdest branch of all. Of these ones <laughs> yeah, because like, are. there's always like always. favorites that are just not in there whatsoever, and this year's no different. Yeah, you have year. like Boys State and Dick Johnson is dead. Heavy critical yeah. favorites. Uh, yeah, right. Plenty of other critics guild nominations. Nowhere to be found yeah. when it came to the Oscars. Uh, same, sure. same with what was it like? Uh, won't you be? Was once you made my neighbor even on the short list that year? I forget, wasn't that something also. Like, uh, that that might. I mean, there was that one. J, the year Jane, I think it was called the Jane Goodall film. Goodall yeah, film. yeah. Uh, Apollo Eleven Apollo was 11 a favorite. Is, like, yeah, Apollo Eleven. They, yeah, it's their, their, the the favorite is you for that Oscar or for the favorite. The documentary you would think is the favorite a lot of times. Usually doesn't even make the list yeah so so it's you know it's surprising to see but there were so many good docs this year i mean even like the dissident didn't make the short list and i loved the dissident um boy state you mentioned um what's the one um as the way i see it yeah i was a big fan of that didn't make the short list either and you know again just a lot of really good ones so hard to take anything out i was just happy the octopus my octopus teacher made it and i um, was was a big fan of that one and, and kind of surprised it got in. I, I picked it to get in just because I did. I think I got like my. Sometimes you make bad emotional decisions and they usually don't pay out. <laughs> I think that one it was more of like I it got. I was happy to see it get in, but um, you know, yeah, had, I was happy. He, to he see had it. that octopus teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you know. Now, edit, now edit the director knows one. algebra. That's the crazy part. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Editing was another one I think where you know Minari missing was was rough, but then again it's hard to call it a snub when the other five you know Trial, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, and The Father, which I was thrilled to see get in editing. It's kind of hard to say Minari was snubbed at that point, even though it could really use that editing nomination right now because that's a crucial one. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound or no score was another one that I would say uh, to look at because probably my favorite well my second favorite because minari is in my opinion the best score of the year but i really love the score to tenant yeah and the thought, tenant score is that. terrific and uh, yeah the oscars no love there or for or for the controversial sound of course which um yeah no despite yeah. people's complaints nolan does tend to score in the sound categories he tends to get yeah, those nominations yeah um, yeah tenant was probably one of his uh lesser reviewed and yeah know, i mean i i didn't see it Watching that film, I was thinking this isn't a prestige, but this is just like a summer action movie that happened to be made by Christopher Nolan. But still, you know, in those technical categories, I, I could have seen more, but I'm not surprised that I didn't either necessarily. So, yeah, somewhat. I, I still think it has a very, very strong chance of winning the Oscar for visual. Again, there wasn't, I, yeah, the, right? Yeah, there it, wasn't it, a. I think without Mank in there because of the, because yeah. that'd be a repeat of Benjamin Button and Dark Knight, where Benjamin Button won. Yeah. Uh, yeah. without, without uh, I know a thing or two uh, yeah. <laughs> without like that prestige nomination that on alongside it I think Tenet has a better chance and yeah it's also there's an old fashionedness to it because Nolan likes to do a lot of things in camera right so there's a mix of some right. CG but a lot of like miniatures and practical explosions and effects and whatnot so yeah. I think that, especially and you know it's the I don't know. Disney pulls out some tricks and watch like one and only Ivan's only win an Academy Award. <laughs> but, um, we'll see what happens. I'd be okay with Mulan, but 
if you're gonna go Disney, let's hope it's Mulan and not one of one and only Ivan. We'll see what what did you, where did you guys fall in Tenet? Just to, just out of curiosity. Oh, I'm you guys, a fan. I think we both liked it. It's it's yeah, very I, it's, it's very enjoyable. I think it. Yeah. I it's it's in my top ten for the year. I I, I loved it. Oh, there I mean, you go. I, it got it. it most people kind of trashed it. I thought, damn, it's pretty creative. Mm-hmm. I liked. I know, no one taking it. jabs at himself. Is this is this the time right. place? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm a, I'm a fan. I was I I've I've seen it a few times now. I like it every more. Yeah. Every time I see it, I like it a little more. Like I think it really mm-hmm. plays it plays at its own speed yeah. in its own way, and it's doing its thing. And it it also I think people just take things so seriously. Where I'm like same yeah. with like Justice League. It's like it's dude, like it's got people going backwards in time. It's not that serious. Right. Like it's <laughs> like. <laughs> no, and I think I think you hit it on the head because that's what I've been telling people that didn't like it. I'm like maybe try watching it again because it feels like one of those movies that has just layers of like you catch different things each time maybe or whatnot and mm-hmm. yeah i don't know big yeah. fan anyway sorry to uh, take no, us you off know you're fine yeah, yeah i mean it's just curious where you stood because i'm i'm like no oh, yeah we're we're, we're pro tenant on this yeah. podcast Mark. Same, same <laughs> mentality. Yeah. Same mentality. yeah go see it don't think too much about it it's a fun action movie <laughs> i mean you can think about it plenty it's just you don't have to like ride or yeah. die as far as like oh yeah. <laughs> I think Nolan Nolan's become one of those directors that they think people are so quick to react a certain you know one way or the other right I, I and, agree and I'm just like but this is also the guy who loves McGruber like what do you like he, like, he knows how to have fun guys like just because he's not on you know he's not on Twitter so he can't like throw out random opinions I guess you don't know you don't get a read on him so you're just like this guy's right. too serious it's like guy like guy goes to bat for McGruber I think we're okay with this but um. As far as like some, it I, I use the term snub loosely, but it's yeah, but yeah. it's just more of like things that missed out that would have been cool to see or whatnot. And like I look at something like the original screenplay category, and it's like yeah, all the best picture nominees are in that category, so I'm not too surprised yeah. to not see certain films in there. But it would have been great to see like Forty Year Old Version, Palm Springs. I'm thinking of ending yeah. things, especially I'm thinking of ending, like, that'd be adapted. But still, like that, there are. Some Palm really Springs unique, is the Palm one. Springs, that, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. There are just some really like unique screenplays yeah. that came out that otherwise aren't going to have any shot in any other category. Where it's like, well, this, you know, recognizing the writing would be a great step because, hey, you know, it's, they may not be the top tier as far as these best best, best picture lineup goes, but hey, they, these are some really cool original stories that would have been great to see get you know acknowledged in that capacity. Not to say that they're not acknowledged elsewhere, sure. but still, uh, First Cow is another one where. Nothing <laughs> across the board. <laughs> um, I, I'm a huge First Cow guy. I recognize that, yes, it wasn't necessarily going to break the bank on Academy Award nominations, but I would have liked to see something here or there, but there we are. That's nice. Don't get anything. And even on the very small scale, I was really gunning for the um, uh, the uh, David Copperfield to get a production design oh. nomination. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really wanted that to happen because I do think it's – a really yeah. great blend of like period drama aesthetic as well as like the like kind of surreal. Um, so it would have been really cool to like watch that one line up in there. But, uh, yeah, production design, costume would have yeah. been yeah would have been worthy. Just wasn't a choice there. Didn't quite cut it, and yeah. especially because like and it's not like these are bad, but there's some standard ones in here. It's like yeah, I had another period drama and whatnot. But, right. Right. I, I'm not against this at all, but like from the start, I'm like, well, Emma's obviously going to get nominated for period production <laughs> design and costume. That's it. They are great. Like it was that when I yeah. watched them, but that was yeah, the first. That was the first time in a while where I'm like, here's a period drama where I'd like, I'd be happy to see this get nominated because it has such a pastel, like uh, yeah. dessert 
coloring and like look to it as far as what they're going for in that it's very it's worse it's more stylized it seems than other period dramas of that of that same kind yeah period yeah. i guess a period comedy technically but still <laughs> true um any others um that just kind of missed out that you really would have liked to see uh nothing else that comes i mean we talked about a lot of them with like and, yeah. and even you know beforehand with the doc shorts just there's so many good ones there and mm-hmm. only five spots all right and you know so i would what i would just say again like i mentioned earlier if uh you know seek out all 10 if you can and uh they're all worth watching and the, the five they chose all, all good choices um i think my favorite of what's left up there is probably a concerto as a conversation i thought that was pretty awesome um that and colette but yeah uh honestly I, this is probably the least surprising oscar nomination set that i can remember in a long time because really the only one that blew my mind was lakeith mm-hmm. um and then venterberg probably is the second biggest surprise so not not too much that was like jaw-dropping so good Re- choices good question real question uh question here real quick um <laughs> it's like how do i phrase the sentence uh, did right. you like news of the world news of the world fan um i love the score uh um, so no and, yeah yeah I'm, I'm lukewarm on it it's hard it's hard to say i'm lukewarm on it i just um, i'm I can... not i'm not upset at, you know if it if it missed it or if it gets if it got in i wouldn't have been um too disappointed one way or the other it so just, it feels like the film where if you pluck this out nobody would change like nothing in the yeah. world would change <laughs> like it's, yeah it feels like it's good without being anything special that's kind of what right. i say with it it's like yeah you could take this out and add some other nominees, and we'd be perfectly fine. But um, yeah, good for score is good score for... is the one the one area where I, I would say that's where it really stood out to me. And aside from that, you know, there's some great moments in it, I think, but mm-hmm. overall, just yeah, it's fine. Who's this, is it? Thomas Newman? Who's this, right? Yeah, uh, James Newton Howard. James Newton Howard. Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. Thomas Newton? Is that he's nineteen seven. Right, Thomas. No, I, I, so mean, many... I mean, I mean, this yeah. year. Is there anything this oh, year for him? Um, not nominated. Uh, okay. Wise, because Reznor and uh, Ross took up two of the spots. Yeah. Uh, who did the Five Bloods though? That was Blanchard. Terrence Blanchard, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So no. Uh, Score looks competitive. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure Soul yeah. will probably take it, but yeah. still, like, it's a really strong category. It <laughs> is. And that I, Minari I score see... from yes. um, was it Emil? Um... Mazzari. Mazzari. Yeah. Mazzari. That's a great. It's a really great score. Oh my god, I love it. It's I was, great. I was a huge. I mean, Last Black Man in San Francisco was one of my favorites of that year, and that score is amazing. So I'm like, of course he gets oh. nominated again. Like he did a great yeah. job. Like I just yeah. didn't realize that was the same guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so good. Quick rise for him because that was like his one of his first scores, and now here he is at the Oscars. So yeah, awesome. But yeah, still Trent Reznor <laughs> and Atticus Ross yeah. and John Baptiste. Uh, they they, they yeah, kind of looks like they got this locked. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably the front runner. But you know, anything. I mean, look, I look at it this way. You know, I mentioned earlier that Minari, there's still that path. You yeah, know, especially if, if it wins SAG. Mm-hmm. And I think if it if it were to be, it can't win in too many other spots. So if if it is Minari's year, I think that could trickle over to Yoon in supporting actress and score. And maybe that's the three it wins is picture supporting actress score. But um, it's probably best shot to win score is if it's going to win picture too, because I think Souls. You know, hard one to beat at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, any other? I mean, it's a little early. There, do you see any? Yeah. Lo, do you see any other locks here? Um, Zhao, I think for director Chloe Zhao uh-huh. uh, for, for Nomadland. I mean, she's won everything in sight. I think. Uh, I think there's been like three critics prizes that went to somebody other than her or something like that. But she's 
she's she's sweeping like in in the in, you know in the most of ways. Um, I think it's gonna be hard to beat Bozeman even as as good as Ahmed and Hopkins are. I think mm-hmm. that feels that feels likely to be a, a lock. I think Kaluya is pretty close to a lock. I'm I don't want to jinx that, but that that feels that way. Um, adapted screenplay also for Nomadland feels pretty safe. Um, that's not quite as strong a lineup as original screenplay, like you mentioned, where original is all Best Picture nominees. Mm-hmm. Uh, animated feels, you know, once again, solo. I've been written for Wolfwalkers all year, but I feel like that's going to be hard to um, top. I figure another uh, round having a Best Director yeah, nomination puts that yeah, right at the top of the list. Sure. Yeah, that, that feels like a lot coming in. I think you mentioned earlier um, Sound and uh, Metal for Sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That feels like a no-brainer coming in. Uh, um, I hope it's helping the listeners with their with their, their prediction list. I'm actually list. writing all this down. For, for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's I'm some gonna, others. I'm shut up Mark Johnson when I finally win. <laughs> <laughs> There's some others that I feel that I'm locked in on that I probably won't change, but I don't think I would call them locks. Like, for example, um, Mank for production design, or I, I like Ma Rainey a lot in um, – Makeup, um, for whatever reason, I just you, know, you don't think the good, bad, and neutral Terminators are going to win for best makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. I don't know. Uh, visual effects, I I probably will won't break away from Tenet because my favorite Oscar stat about our you know production design matching you know you have to be nominated in production design to win visual effects. Um, that, that's another one that interesting. I interesting. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Seventeen. The stat just. To give you a 17 out of the last 20 winners in visual effects were also nominated for production design, which is an odd, you know, I, it's odd when just off the top, but then when you think about it, it makes a little sense, right? Production design kind of goes with some of that. Um, Spider-Man 2, uh, Ex Machina, and The Jungle Book were the three that were not nominated for production design, but won visual effects in the last 20 years. So that's kind of what I was waiting for on Oscar morning was to see, did Tenet get a nomination in production design and you know knowing that or not knowing but the fact that it missed on sound and it missed on score where it had pretty good chance and score at least but still showed up in production design that 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 felt that made me feel pretty good about putting it for visual effects but you know midnight sky mulan one and only ivan you know i guess something else could <laughs> i guess something else could come in and take it but i'll i'm probably locked into tenant on that one all righty well, I think we've uh, we've done some some fun coverage here of the Oscar nominations some, yeah. and some expectations you might have for. Uh... Thanks for doing all the homework for me. <laughs> uh, we're not done yet, though. So <laughs> a lot, a lot. Listen, a lot can change. That's true. Um, we'll see what we'll see what happens with SAG. Uh, you when, know, if, when if, is the, when is the SAG Awards? SAG is, I think. Oh, it's uh, next Sunday on uh, okay. Easter. So that's coming pretty so, quick. Okay. Yeah, and then DJ is shortly after. It's on April tenth. So, you know, if, um, if, you know, who knows, maybe Ma Rainey wins SAG Ensemble. And if something like that happens, um, then forget it. Like, no man has this walking away. Um, but if Minari or Trial of Chicago 7 wins SAG, then I think that keeps that film in as the potential spoiler. But right now it feels, you know, no man's going to win DJ and it won PGA. So, uh, feels pretty pretty much one of those coast-to-coast winners at this point. All right. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of this show. Um, you can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing at Wheel of Entertainment and wisetheblue.com. Abe? 
You can find more friends over my Instagram, Ava.Mula, and Twitter.com slash WalrusMoose. Hashtag, uh, how's the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Mark Johnson, where can people find more of you online? I can't talk nearly as quickly as you guys can, so I apologize. <laughs> but it's I'm at Awards Daily uh, for content, and uh, my Twitter is at MarkLikesMovies. Very cool. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, HHWability, and Podomatic. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know any of your thoughts you have on the Oscar nominations. Yeah, write on official wall, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, iTunes Freeze ratings, good to get those as always. Mark Johnson, thank you very much for joining us this week. Yeah. Thank you, Mark Johnson. Thank you, guys, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, good to have you here. We'll look forward to having you back. We hope we'll see what we can do as far as getting. You know, I know the times get stretched, but you know, oh. it's always fun to have you on for like the Oscar. Um, yeah, yeah. The Oscar comp, the, the Oscar contest that we like to do every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so, love doing it. So we'll, we'll look see. Look forward to it. We'll see what we can make make happen. But either way, I'll be watching. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, good. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. So until next time, so long. And bye.